you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello and welcome back everybody to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. Excited to be here with you yet for another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. We're excited to be bringing you the principles that help you to do just that, to live on purpose. We want you to be in charge of your life. Who better than you to be in charge of your life? A little bit of housekeeping before we get started today. I would like to put out a special request to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. We have increased in our listener numbers significantly over the past several months. And that's thanks to you and for spreading the word. I appreciate that so much. And I would like to make a request that you go to the website to liveonpurposeradio.com. And you will find there posted just prior to this show a request from Dr. Paul. And if you would click on the link that is on that particular post... Uh, there's a survey that I would like you to take. And this is an anonymous survey. It gives you an opportunity to uh, share some of of what you think about this show. Actually, it's not so much what you think about it as much as how you've gotten connected to it, how often you listen to it, um, some of the dem- demographic information of our listeners. And the purpose for this is to help us to promote the show to other people like yourselves who want to live on purpose and we're trying to target just who it is that is interested in this show. So if you would take that survey for me, I would appreciate it greatly. And in exchange for that, I'll continue to bring you a show every week. Does that sound like a deal? So <laughs> that's, that's a deal. That's my request. And uh, I want to also take a moment to introduce my guest. He's been here on the show with me a couple of times now, haven't you? I have. Love it. A few times. This is Darren Johansson. He is a coach with Creation Tree Coaching and a good friend of mine, someone that I've been associated with now for a couple of years, hasn't it been, Darren? Yeah. It's have you noticed how time accelerates as you get older? <laughs> don't tell it. Don't tell anybody. I'm I'm getting older, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh I I was cracking up the other day. I was talking to my wife about some things that I thought had happened during this past year. Actually, I'll go ahead and share this with the listeners. We have a tradition, a new tradition in our home called the Greatest Hits. And at the end of the year, I I made a basket and uh, put a little Post-it pad next to the basket. And and the goal was for everybody to to write down some of the greatest hits for the year 2007. The Jenkins family greatest hits. And then they just fold them up and put them in this basket. And then on New Year's Eve, we got them all out and we read them. And my wife was kind of laughing at me because some of the things that I had written actually occurred in 2006 or 2005. And I was thinking, man, how does it go so fast? But maybe you can relate to that. That's neither here nor there. But here's here's Darren Johansson joining me again for a show. Darren, you and I have had some discussions, especially over the past couple of days, about some things that I think are just enormously important to understand as you try to figure out how to take control of your life and how to move to the place that you want to be. And that has to do with opposition. So there's the brief introduction. Is there something that you'd like to say to introduce either yourself or the topic? I'd like to do both. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be with you again, Paul. I love doing this, as you know. You know, and... In my work as a legacy coach, one of the things that I often find is that people run into opposition. And it's kind of funny how we mm. say that because um, one of the ideas is that as as we do things in our life, we experience opposition. Whether we run into it or not, it's there. 
And that's a great indication to me of, you know, heading in the right direction. And what I try and help people understand is that as they create this idea of who they want to be, and then they love it, live it, and leave it. That's all about living a legacy and leaving a legacy. It's all about the opposition. It's how we see when the opposition comes that there are great opportunities, and we often don't see that. We see this wall that appears in front of us, and we think, oh, no, I must be going the wrong way or I must be doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And my experience is if we continue with that direction that we feel passionate about and, and the direction we want to go, often we see that in that opposition was the great opportunity that we were looking for or waiting for or hoping would come, and often we don't see it because it's disguised as opposition. Mm-hmm. The initial response that people have to opposition is is to resist it or to push back or to to avoid it or to run away from it. It's scary. You know, I just finished a book. I shared it with you. Um, it's called The Dream Giver. And uh, I mentioned this in the email that I send out every week about facing your giants. And the analogy there is that the opposition in your life is is like a giant. And so if you can picture yourself going out on this quest, you know, you're trying to fulfill this dream that you have, this purpose that you have. And here's this huge giant standing in the path, just sort of imposing himself on your progress. And you can define the giant then as a, a very real and completely overwhelming obstacle that you encounter on the road to your dream. Here's this giant. And what you're saying, Darren, is that maybe when you come up against the giant, it means that you're on the right path. Is that what you were trying to say with that? It's exactly what... And that's what I was saying, and it's also important for us to realize how real that is. You know, to somebody else, they might think, that's... Not a big deal at all. Well, you know, it's not what's your problem? Giant. Yeah. But <laughs> to me, man, it's huge. Uh-huh. And it is the obstacle. It is this thing that, oh my gosh, there it is. And what do I do now? And how do I get around it? Or do you know, it makes me think of that song, you know, I'm going on a bear hunt and I can't go over it and I can't go around it. And I, so what do I have uh-huh. to do? I have to face the giant. Well, I don't have That's to. Right. I choose to. Or I choose to run away. It is a choice point. And you can turn and run. You can flee from these giants, or you can face them. Now, if what you're saying is true, Darren, all of us have this this dream or this mission or this purpose in life. And as we set out on this quest, we are going to encounter opposition. For sure, or maybe? Guaranteed. For sure. Mm-hmm. And you listeners out there, if you can just just ask yourself that question. Have I encountered any opposition? That's kind of an obvious question, isn't it? (laughs) Well, it should be. In fact, that's what we usually complain about, Mm -hmm. is all of the opposition that we're encountering. But reframing that and starting to see it as an opportunity, and maybe a signal or a sign that you are actually on the right path, and that's why you're encountering the opposition, Mm -hmm. that changes your whole perspective to take on this giant that you're facing. One thing that I like about this, Darren, and I shared this with you before too, there's a principle that I think holds in this kind of a a scenario. And that is that you come to a point as you are trying to accomplish this dream of yours, you come to a point where you realize that you're not going to do it by yourself. That whatever whatever opposition you're facing is too big for you alone to conquer it. And it has a humbling effect. It doesn't mean give up on the dream. It means build the team. Yeah. It means figure out what resources you'll need to bring into your life in order to conquer the giant. Whatever that giant is for you. And it could be... It could be an immovable system. It could be a lack of resources. It could be an opposing group or individual. You know, everybody's got their opinions. You start off towards your dream, and you got 
5, 10, 12 people saying, oh, you can't do that. That's not how it's done around here. That's impossible. It could be an intimidating circumstance. It could be a crushing physical or spiritual burden. These are all examples of the giants that we encounter. And when you come up against those and you realize, wait a minute, I can't do this myself, then it leads to the next question, which is, okay, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? And how do I bring those resources into my life? You know, it's interesting to me that in the word team, T-E-A-M, there is no I. And I think it's so fitting that you mention that we come up on this obstacle, whatever it may be, even sometimes just in our mind. And sometimes we say, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And I really believe that the key is looking at the resources that are available and saying, what will it take and how can I invite these other resources to join me in this quest to fulfill my dream? I remember a guy that uh, I've worked with in the past who does insurance sales and kind of different in today's world because he actually goes out and knocks on doors and he knows that he's got to have nine people say no to him before he's going to make a sale. So one out of 10 is his ratio. And when he started out, I mean, it was, you know, he'd knock on the first door and they'd say no and oh, he'd be so discouraged in the next house. And by the end of the day, he just said, oh, I don't think I can do this. I'm going to quit. And, you know, somebody had the genius to say, why don't you track how many no's you have to get before you get a yes? Well, now he runs from door to door. Can't wait to get the no because he knows at the end of nine no's, he's going to get a yes. Just tally it up. There you go. So it's no longer this huge monster of opposition that's in in front of him. It's this is what I have to do if I'm going to get where I want to go, if I'm going to fulfill my Mm -hmm. dream, so to speak. It's part of the work process. And work is one of those principles that I think is glossed over way too much in our society nowadays. Work is required in order to affect change in this world. And I heard a similar story, actually. It was a real estate salesman instead of insurance. And he figured out, and here's an example. Let's say that you're selling something that's a hundred bucks. Okay. And you got to ask 10 people before you get one to, to buy it. That means every no is worth 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And he got that in his mind and he would go and he'd get the no. And he'd say, thank you. <laughs> Cha-ching. Score another 10 bucks. Cause it's just part of the work to get to the end result. And that's how opposition is. Yeah. Work is very important. We got some other things to cover related to this topic. You stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? 
This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hidden messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go there today and enjoy free shipping for the holidays so you can have a more better life and live that life on purpose. If you live in the Utah County area, and if you like what you hear on this show, then this opportunity is for you. I am hosting a weekly mastermind group called Paradigm Insurance every Wednesday from 4 to 5.30 at my office in Orem. Call Eric at 801-447-5579 to register. We prefer an abundant atmosphere, so please wipe your mind before entering. That number again, 801 447 so Darren, as we were introducing this topic, I mentioned a book and I just kind of glossed over it. And I want to give our listeners a chance to get connected with that book. It's called The Dream Giver, uh, and it's by, the author is Bruth, sorry, I got a peach and spit in here. It's, the author is Bruce Wilkinson. That's Bruce Wilkinson, The Dream Giver, and uh, kind of a neat little story where he starts out by, he introduces this idea of the dream and that everybody has a dream and that there's a reason why you have your dreams. We've talked about that before on this show. And then he walks you through the process that typically happens as you are pursuing this dream, that you get all excited about it and then you have to go cross the desert, you know, <laughs> and there's there's this period of scarcity and dryness and you don't seem to be moving very far. And then there's the opposition, and that's where the giants come in. The giants represent the opposition to your dream. And it doesn't mean stop pursuing your dream. It means figure out what it's going to take to get there. And Darren, you have shared some things with me in the past, and I have so much appreciated the influence you've had on me and my practice. And one of the things you introduced me to had to do with giants. And it's a movie that you called to my attention a while back. I'm going to let you talk about that one. Yeah, one of my favorite movies. It's called Facing the Giants. The cool thing about that movie is it's based on a true story, um, and it's a football movie. So if mm. you like sports, you'll love it even more. But the cool thing is even my friends that I've told the movie, said, hey, go see this, that don't like sports, they love this movie. Because mm -hmm. it's about a man who has a dream. And... It's also about the people who come into his world. He's the football coach, and he's coaching a team that's had six losing seasons, and I don't want to give away the whole show, but mm -hmm. he's afraid he's going to lose his job, and his car's a pile of mm -hmm. bolts, and his house has this nasty smell. And I mean, his life's just kind of not in a great place. Mm. And he's, that's where he's at. And I think, I think all of us can relate to that because we've probably been in similar situations. And, you know, he's... He's a believer, and he's praying to God one night and saying, God, what am I supposed to do? And I think whether we are believers or not, I think we've all asked that question before. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to accomplish this dream that I have? And the next day as he goes into work, this man, one of his friends and fellow coworkers, comes into his office and says, you know what, Coach? You have something to do here, and do it. And that was the catalyst that, that made him take the next step. And that's one of the reasons that I love the association that you and I have is that I've been blessed to be associated with you and the Paradigm Insurance Group. I'll put in my own plug here. You know, mm -hmm. associating with people who keep me thinking, well, what can I do? And, you know, is that really an obstacle or is that something, is that a catalyst that's going to catapult me to the next level? So this guy sits down and he, he becomes very clear. And that's one of the things that we do on a regular basis is help people get clear about what it is they want. What is the dream? And what do I need to do to make this happen? Who do I need to involve to make it happen? 
And so he sits down and gets really clear about what it is that he wants to do. Well, my favorite part of the whole show isn't the movie at all. Well, actually it is Mm -hmm. because this coach, the movie's about a coach who decided to change his life, who in turn changed the lives of the players whose lives touched their families and the whole community. And because it was such an awesome experience, the community got together and said, let's make a movie about this. And so this one man who had this dream, I think almost not even knowingly, has now influenced probably hundreds of thousands of people, potentially at least hundreds of thousands of people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because he got clear about his dream. And that's why I love that movie. And that's why I love this topic about facing our individual giants and choosing not to run away, not to Mm -hmm. be afraid, but to stand up and say, I can do this, I will do this, and this is where I'm going to go. We said earlier, too, that you come up against a realization at some point that you can't slay this giant on your own and that it's going to take the resources and input from other people and from from uh, just the general resources in the world around you to make this happen. It's a humbling experience. But I've I've also found that humility brings with it faith. And faith, well, those two hand in hand bring strength. So uh, we've talked about faith before as a, a general principle of creating the life that you love. You have to believe it. You have to get yourself to believe it somehow before you can actually create it. And in a similar way, as you're facing your giants, as you're taking these giants on, believing that it's it's not just you that's going to do this, but if you bring the proper resources to the table, that you are going to come out of this victorious. That you will win this battle. And don't let it overwhelm you. You know, people who run away from their giants don't really have the power to inspire us much. No. (laughs) You know what I mean? Think about some of the people there, and I know you've got examples in mind of people who really inspire you, who have faced their giants. Who who comes to mind for you? You know, I want to recap one of my favorite stories about facing giants. Okay. It's a story from the Bible. It's about a young boy named David who faces a giant. Kind of the classic story. It's a favorite story. David and Goliath. The reason it's my favorite story, and I'll tell you about one other giant in just a second, but the reason it's my favorite story is that David went and decided he was going to face this giant who kept taunting his people and saying, oh, you guys are just schmucks. Mm -hmm. That was officially the term he called them, I think. Yeah, the biblical term. Yeah. And, you know, so David goes to the king and he says, I'm going to go out and and meet this Goliath, and, and I'm going to beat him because of the God that I believe in and because of the things that, that I know and because of who I am. Mm-hmm. And the king goes, oh, here, take my armor and take my sword and take all this stuff. And David goes, I can't do this. I've never proven this. I don't know that this works. Now, one of the reasons I love this story is because David takes with him his sling and he stops in the brook and he picks up five small stones, mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. smooth stones. And you know, I don't know if if anybody's ever really thought about that, but I have. Why did he pick five smooth stones? Because he had tested them. He knows that the jagged ones don't fly straight. He knows that the big ones don't fly very well. But he knew those mm-hmm. round ones because he had practiced. And I think that's important for us to remember. When mm. we face our giants, we have been prepared for our whole lifetime, however many years that is, to face those giants. So here's Mm. this young shepherd boy who has killed bears and lions with small, smooth stones and his sling. He didn't have to fear the giant because he knew that with God's help and with the abilities he had, that he could do it. So that's one of my favorite giant stories. And he was ready for it. You pointed out something that I hadn't thought about, Darren, and that is that he had practiced and, and prepared through, through developing his skills and his abilities and his talents. He didn't know that he was preparing for that giant. But when the giant appeared, he was ready for him because he had put in that, that work, that preparation. 
to get himself to the point where he had the resources available to him. And I'm wondering, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here with you, but I'm wondering if the giants that we face in our life appear when we're ready to take them on, even though we don't feel ready. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking of some of my giants, and I've got a few that I'm dealing with currently. And sometimes it, you know, we call them giants because they're bigger than we are. We have to, you know, look up. They sort of tower over us. They're imposing and and seem so impossible to move. But what if your faith is bigger than your giant? I think that's one of the keys. And I like what you were saying about preparation. Put in the work to get yourself ready to take on whatever giants come up in your life. You said there was another giant too. There is. There's a whole list. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite and ones that I, one of the ones I cite regularly is a young man by the name of Ben Underwood. Oh, now, yeah. this guy, I won't call him a giant, but he's he's a giant in the best sense of the word in that mm-hmm. he has motivated me to face my giants, the bad ones, or not bad, mm-hmm. the ones that are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Ben is a young man who has no eyeballs. He was very young when he had his eyeballs surgically removed because they were cancerous. And the story goes that when he woke up from surgery, he said, Mommy, Mommy, I can't see. Now, one of my heroes is Ben's mom because Ben's mom said, No, Ben, you can't see with your eyes, but you can see with your ears and your nose and your mouth and your fingers. Mm -hmm. And Ben has developed the ability to see and like another of my heroes, Helen Keller, who couldn't see, has taught us so much about seeing. And so mm-hmm. I would just invite everybody to go out and, and Google Ben Underwood and see if you can find the CBS News report. Because the reporter who goes out to do the story on Ben keeps saying to him, well, how did you see that? What else can you see? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me that he asks a man who has no eyeballs, how did you see that? Mm-hmm. And when we face our giants, these obstacles that really are opportunities that I do believe come at the right time for us, when we face those giants, I think it's important that we understand that we need to see different. We need to look at those as an opportunity rather than opposition, that we need Mm -hmm. to have people in our life that we know and love and trust who are helping us reach our dreams, our goals, doing those big things, who can say, oh, what if you look at it this way? Because all of the people in David's life, his brothers, his father, all of the Israelites were there, and all they could see was this ominous giant, this nine-foot man that no one was, was willing to go up against. And yet here this small shepherd boy says, I'll go mm-hmm. because he had faith mm-hmm. and he wasn't afraid. Well, and if he was afraid, his courage overcame his fear. Isn't that what courage is? Well, it's defined by fear, isn't it? I believe so. Oh. Good stuff. We'll be right back. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. When is the right time to do something about your million-dollar ideas? For Chris Hawes, it was when he was just nine years old. The young man was struggling to shoot a basketball correctly. His dad then taught him the correct position to place your hands on the basketball. It worked. With good hand placement, he started sending more basketballs through the net. One day while at school, the nine-year-old noticed his friends shooting basketballs with their hands in all sorts of different positions. Instinctively, he got some paint, 
dipped his hands in it, and placed his hands on the basketball with the correct hand positioning. His friends were able to make a quick check of where their hands should be, and a new product was born. The hands-on basketball was recognized that same year by Sport Time and local media. Within months, ESPN, National Geographic, and others took the story and inspired millions. At the age of nine, Chris Hawes started earning more than most college graduates ever make. His hands-on basketball is now available worldwide. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea. Wouldn't you like to know? This is Dr. Paul. You've heard me talk about a lot of things on this show, and I've interviewed some pretty amazing guests. I love what I do, and one of the nearest things to my heart is my role as a husband and father. I've worked a lot with others who place a strong emphasis on family, and I feel this is my primary purpose, to help others save and enrich their key relationships. It's in this spirit that I invite you parents to join me for a free weekly dose of parental power. Register for this free teleconference at drpaul.org or send me an email at drpaul at creationtreecoaching.com. You will receive an email with the call-in number and access code. The calls are live every Tuesday morning from 11.30 to 12 o'clock Mountain Time. I'd love to be part of your parenting team. that story about Ben Underwood and I've seen that video several times now in fact I show that clip in in some of the seminars that I teach because it's so inspiring and what's so inspiring about it is here's a kid who's facing his giants and instead of running away from it he's asking questions like well what's it going to take and how am I going to muster the resources that are available to me to take down this giant and the ones that truly inspire us are those who face their giants. Isn't that true? Absolutely. <laughs> now, you, sorry, I had a little cough there. You mentioned another one uh, just before the show that I think you might want to talk about, too. I'd love to. Do you want to bring that one up? I do. You know, not many people know the name Roger Bannister. But as soon as I tell you what Roger did, everybody will go, oh, yeah. Now, the interesting thing to me is there's a guy in the very same week, at least as I understand the story, who beat Roger Bannister's record, but we don't know his name. Mm-hmm. And that's because Roger did what everybody told him was impossible. Roger was a runner. About 1954, he decided he was going to run the mile in less than four minutes. Now, as soon as I say that, everybody goes, oh, yeah, now I know. Mm-hmm. Well, Roger later was knighted by the the king or queen, by the queen of England um, for what he had done and, you know, what that inspired other people to be able to do. But he faced this giant that everybody said, oh, it's impossible. You can't do that. No one has ever done it before. And like you said, we, we're inspired by those people. Well, the thing I love about Roger is that he he embodies this idea that Napoleon Hill teaches us that what the mind of a man can conceive and believe it can achieve. So Roger decides, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Now, it came at a great price. Every day at lunch, he would run down from where his office was, and he'd run to the track, and he would do all sorts of drills and sprints and everything else to prepare himself for this time that in his mind he had already seen. He tells a story Mm. that in his mind he could see himself breaking the tape and the time clock being less than four minutes. Well, three minutes, 59.5 four seconds, or six seconds, excuse me, was his time. Well, right on his heels, a couple of days later, the man from Australia that no one knows the name, and I'm not going to tell you, go Google Roger Bannister, and you'll find out about who the other guy is. The other guy Mm -hmm. beat Roger's time. 
but we don't know him. And we don't know mm-hmm. anybody else who has beat the four-minute mile because Roger was the man who faced the giant and did the impossible. And a lot of people have done it since. Oh, yeah. It's like that opened the floodgates for all of those who were capable all along of slaying this giant. But as soon as the giant fell, that's when all of these others stepped up and, and began to do it. It changed their perception. It changed their personal opinion about whether or not that was possible to take it on. I've got uh, a full inbox on my email. I get lots of emails. And please send me one if you want to communicate with Dr. Paul. Just It's drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com. Or you can send it to Dr. Paul at creationtreecoaching.com. Either one will come to me. And I would love to hear from you, especially if you've got inspiring ideas. But one of the the emails that came to me had a little footer. And you know how people put their little signatures in there. And it said, those who say that something is impossible should get out of the way of those of us who are doing it. Amen, brother. (laughs) I have always loved that phrase. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a bring it on kind of an attitude. Let's... The the giants are there. Let's take them on. Take them on and stop cowering below their feet. And whatever your giants are, I want everybody to just think that through. You know that you're facing some. You've got this dream. What is standing in your way? Well, that's your giant. Okay? That's how we're going to define your giant. Whatever is standing in your way is your giant. Pull together the resources, muster the resources to take him down. And when he falls, when that giant comes down, there's no telling what's going to happen after that. And it's that persistence. I think you need to be be ready, be prepared to persist just a little longer than you think you can. Does that ring true to you, Darren? Yeah. I've heard that more than once. And every time I've persisted... Amazing things happen. It's it's that boiling point analogy that, you know, 211 degrees is hot water and 212 is boiling, and boiling water makes steam, and steam can move mountains literally. Mm-hmm. And it's a one-degree difference. That's the difference. I want to come back to something you said earlier, too, about being a catalyst for change. And when you mentioned the movie Facing the Giants... That's a great movie. I mean, it's not great cinematography, okay? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the message is powerful. So if you're watching it, you know, for Academy Award type production, that's not what you're going to get. But the message is powerful. And this catalyst for change, uh, Roger Bannister is another great example. He was a catalyst for change in the way everyone was looking at those track records. There is no barrier. It was an artificial barrier that people had set up. You know, that's the interesting thing to me about facing the Giants. It, it's not. It's never going to win Academy Awards and all of those other things. But one of the cool behind-the-scenes stories is the community said, you know what, that is such an awesome story. We want to tell it. And the people in the movie donated their time. The whole movie was done on less than a $100,000 budget. And it was done by people who said, you know what, we want to help other people see that we faced our giant and they can face theirs too. And that's a neat thing. As the giants start to fall, that's like removing these artificial barriers that people have set up in their minds. And there's, there's a couple of other ways to understand this concept. I've, I've not researched this completely, but let me share the folklore of it. It's, it has to do with elephants. And you go to the circus or whatever, and there's these huge animals, these massive elephants. And they're chained by the leg to a little stake. Now, do the math, people. You know, huge animal, powerful. They use them to erect the big top. Chained up by a stake? Couldn't that elephant just rip that out of the ground? I would think so. Well, physically, he's capable, right? Absolutely. 
But uh, the folklore of this goes that when these when these elephants are very young, uh, they are restrained by the foot to a stake in the ground that they cannot move because they're not strong enough as little bitty elephants to do that. And they are trained and conditioned to believe that they are captive. And if you believe you are captive, you are captive. So as they get older and, and they... They have learned as young elephants that they can't escape. This is something that Martin Seligman uh, did some research on. He's a past president of the American Psychological Association, and he did some groundbreaking research on a concept called learned helplessness. I like more of his recent stuff better because he's also done a lot of research on positive psychology and happiness. Cool stuff, authentic happiness. And you can go... Get that online, too. Go to AuthenticHappiness.org, I think it is. That's Martin Seligman's page. But he, he did this research on learned helplessness, where you can actually learn that you are helpless to affect your situation, kind of like the elephant. And then even at, after you know the real barrier has passed, you, you continue to carry that captivity in your mind. And the elephants do that. So when they're older and they have the power to pull up the stake and just leave, they don't because they believe that they're stuck. And how many of us get into that position where we believe that we're stuck, all of our experiences told us that we can't do it, that we are stuck, that this is a barrier. And even if we do have the resources and the ability to just rip up the stake and leave, we don't because we think we're stuck. You know, that's one of the things I see is in my own life, I've met some of those obstacles and I wonder what I was taught as a little teeny elephant that I couldn't do, that I continue to believe. And so as we challenge and as we see other people who do it, you know, Roger Bannister runs the four minute mile and everybody goes, oh, that's impossible. It can't be done. Columbus comes along and says, hey, the world's not flat. It's round. But so many people, even when he came back with spices and animals and people from this new world, they still said, no, the world's flat. You just made this up. And so many times we just get so stuck in the way we think, oh, I can't do that, that we're afraid to face the obstacles. And so a lot of what we do is challenge people. We challenge that thinking that says, well, why not? Why can't you run the four-minute mile? Why can't you run a three-minute mile? Why can't you go to the moon? Why can't you, you know, whatever that dream is for you. And I, one of the reasons that I love to find out about people's successes is that it helps me to challenge those limited beliefs that I think, oh, I can't do that. And as I see other people who triumph, I go, oh, wow, I could be like them. You know, it's those type of experiences that change my world and, and give me the courage to face those giants and triumph. That's what inspires us. That, and, and that's the theme of our show today. Face your giants. Facing your giants is what will put you in a position to accomplish your dreams and, while you're at it, to inspire other people. That's what we find truly inspiring in the lives of other people as they face those giants. The things, Think about this for a minute, too. The things that we take as a matter of course and routine in our life today were absolutely impossible years ago. So even the fact that you're listening to me and Darren having this conversation here today, on, and it's either on your computer or it's on a little MP3 player or you burned it to a disc or there's some way that you're listening to this that was not possible years ago. Impossible things are just discoveries and dreams waiting to happen. Keep that in mind. We'll be right back. The 
spirit of the education that has helped the principals of Braycon take their business to the next level, Braycon Advisors has presented the Mind Your Own Business Roundtable. This powerful one-day event is designed for those individuals or business owners who are ready to take their own business to the next level. Limited to a small, intimate group, all those who attend the roundtable will receive one-on-one feedback from a group of amazing producers whose invaluable input can truly launch your business into the stratosphere. We are committed to every single person in the room leaving inspired and motivated from this powerful day with specific action steps and strategies that you can begin to apply immediately. For more information, visit the website gotindependence.com or contact Corey at 801-961-1382. The number again is 801-961-1382. If you have a pile of books you want to read, growing faster than the pile of books you have read, Abundant Reading Systems course can help you. You'll learn a skill that allows you to read much more rapidly, and you can retain more of what you read. I was actually quite surprised at my original benchmark this morning. To be able to do as well as I did, I almost tripled my benchmarks uh, and increased my comprehension, so I feel good about what I learned. Abundant Reading Systems brings you an all-new, single-day speed reading workshop, where you'll learn the principles behind effective reading and Double your current reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read. And uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm leaving feeling empowered. Register now for this event by calling 435-669-1206. That's 669-1206. Abundant Reading Systems. Reading at the speed of imagination. 669-1206. Okay, so as we're wrapping up this topic today, I, w- I was just thinking during the last break, Aaron, that here's a couple of guys that are doing this podcast today, and we're kind of up in the air here. <laughs> you know, it all sounds so good to talk about it on on this broadcast, and does this really apply to me, though? You know, and I can imagine some of our our listeners out there just wondering, okay, that's all fine and dandy, but when the rubber meets the road, what do I do? Especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I thought of um, a little direction that I want to give all of you to uh, just trigger your thinking. And what I'd like you to consider as you look at the giants in your life, And remember, they look impossible to you. It's a completely real and imposing barrier to living your dream. At least you see it that way. Okay? And we're going to change the way you see it, hopefully. But as you look at that that giant and you know that it's impossible, I want you to ask a question. The question is this. I know that it's impossible... But if I were to overcome this giant, here's what it would take. Or what would it take? That's the question, I guess. If I were to overcome it, what would it take? There's some power in saying, I know that it's impossible, but if I could do it, how would I do it? See, that breaks you out of the impossible mode just a little bit. I've done this with clients in my office there and you probably have too where they come in and they're they're talking about this impossible thing that they have to do and i i'll say something like i know that's not possible to do but if it were how would you do it (laughs) now that's a little bit of a paradox isn't it but it breaks you out of the impossible mode enough to start thinking it through and as you figure out okay here's what it would take if i were to do that Then you can ask another powerful question, and that is, what is the next physical step? What is the next physical action that I could take to get me that much closer to conquering this giant? We probably ought to take on some examples here 
And uh, because this is a pre-recorded show, we're not going to take live calls. But Darren, maybe you and I can come up with a few here because we've talked to a lot of people. Yeah. What's an example of a giant that someone might face on a fairly routine basis? Can you think of one? Well, I lost my job. Okay. I lost my job. I don't know how I'm going to feed my family. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Good one. In fact, I've heard that in a couple of times this week. <laughs> yeah. But I've heard just as many people getting new jobs. So it happens both ways, right? Okay, so this is an impossible giant to overcome. But if it were possible, how would you go about facing it? The first thing I think we need to do is look at it as an opportunity. It's mm. not the end of the world. It's an opportunity. An opportunity to do what? I've had people mm -hmm. say, what, what do you mean it's an opportunity? Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to step back and go, hey, what is it that I would love to do? Mm -hmm. Is there a way for me to do that? What's the next step I have to take? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it's an opportunity. What if I would love to do this? Wow. Can I do that? Hmm. See, this is an opportunity because it creates some space in your life that you didn't have before. And it gives you an opportunity to ask some questions that you wouldn't have asked before. And that's true of any opposition that you face. So it might be, what if your house burns down? Okay, that's an opportunity too, isn't it? Now, I've, I get some criticism sometimes, Darren. For, how can you say everything's an opportunity? Well, it is, isn't it? I think so. It's an opportunity. Now, sometimes opportunities come in a, a sort of a painful form, but it's an opportunity nonetheless, and it creates a set of circumstances in your life that didn't exist before. And that's when you start to see it that way, then you can start to see ways to leverage that opportunity to get closer to your dream. Or you can make the choice to shut down, run away from it, avoid it, take the victim route, and that just creates additional captivity in your life. You know, there's another one, Paul, that, you know, what if your son or daughter or you gets diagnosed with cancer? Okay. Then what? Well, that's not an opportunity. That's bad. <laughs> Says <Right>? who? <laughs> right. I know where you're coming from on this, Darren, but I want you to talk a little bit about that. Well, forgive me for sharing a personal example, but I was 17 and a half years old, and the doctor walked into my hospital room and said, you have cancer, and there's about less than a 40% chance that you'll live to see Christmas. And He, he didn't say which Christmas. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, I would have been gone a long time <laughs> ago. That was go. 1985. Wow. The cool thing is, he told me this. He said, whatever you do. And I said to him, I said, look, whatever you got to do, do it, because I got things that I want to do. I just bought a new motorcycle, and I couldn't wait to go ride it. had a picture mm -hmm. of it at the end of my bed, and he said, we don't do that. And I'm like, no, you don't do that. I do that. And he said, well, if anything will save you, it's your attitude. And then he said, you need to live as normal life as possible. When it was in that council, and, and I don't attribute this to me, but I had this desire to live however many days I had, whether that was Christmas of 1985 or Christmas of 2085, I decided I was going to live however many days I had left. And in that choosing to live and appreciating rather than choosing to die, which it really is a choice, some miraculous things happened. And it changed my life. It happened to be one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. I don't think it just happened. I think it was a giant, an obstacle that was placed there. The ancient Chinese proverb, I believe, that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Well, that was a great teaching experience for me. And I learned more in those four years of nasty chemotherapy and radiation and living than I probably had in the 17 and a half years prior. Well, you learned about living, and you made a conscious choice to do that. It doesn't take a diagnosis of cancer to to bring you to that point. But that's a giant for you personally, Darren, 
that created a set of circumstances in your life that gave you an opportunity to think in ways that you hadn't thought before, to experience life in a way that you hadn't experienced it before. And I think it shaped your whole life. I agree. You're a legacy coach. Who is a legacy coach? I mean, who does that, right? Other than someone who really understands the value of life and the value of those relationships. And when you come face to face with a giant like that and you win, that leaves you different. It changes you. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you before, Darren, but I'm guessing that you were changed by that experience. (laughs) In many ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just my hair. So the giants that our listeners are facing, are they any different? I don't believe so. But what if, what if it's a really big, scary giant? Then get somebody to help you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That a little tongue-in-cheek because they all are. I mean, you're giants. Your giants are scary to you. They're not scary to me necessarily, mm. but my giants are. Yeah. You know, and I've, one of the shows that I really love, one of the movies that's just a masterpiece, I think, it's called Monsters, Inc. I love it. <laughs> and if you haven't seen that, where have you been? You know, it's one of these Disney Pixar shows that the animation is just fantastic, but the story is kind of fun. And there's a point made in the story that each child has his or her, her, his or her own monster. And monsters are analogous with the giants that we're talking about here. In fact, I keep a set of figurines in my office, you've seen them, mm-hmm. of the little Monsters, Inc. monsters. And they're sitting on my shelf. And they're about, I don't know, four inches tall. Because that's how I see monsters. Yeah, they're monsters, but how big are they really? When we take the right perspective. So I keep these small monsters in my office just to remind me of that. And when a child loses fear of the monster, it takes away the monster's power. And I like that. I think that that is a principle in life. As you look at your giants, as you look at the monsters in your life, you start to see them for what they really are. It's an opportunity. It's a signal. It's a sign that you're probably on the right track, that you are heading down the path to that dream. And here's this monster, and and that's all it is. And when you see it for what it really is, you take away its power because you lose your fear of the monster. What are your thoughts about that, Darren? Yeah, I agree. It's... it is so true. You know, when I first heard that I had cancer, I didn't I didn't know what that meant. I knew that people died from cancer. You know, I I think so many times we see this I've had people say to me, Oh, I couldn't I couldn't handle that and I look at them and I think, Wow, I don't know how you do what you do, you know. I look at Ben Underwood. I mean he's he's a hero of mine for good reason. He faced a big giant. You know, and, and although I would take courage if something like that happened to me and say, well, you know, Ben did it, so I can. Well, that's what got me where I was. You know, there I was, and oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be dead by Christmas. And well, what do other people do when the doctor says you're supposed to be dead by Christmas? Mm-hmm. They choose to live or they choose to die. And that's a choice. I want to put a challenge out there to everyone who's listening to become a hero. Become a hero. Face your giants. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're scary. Put together a team that's going to help you to overcome those giants and to face them. As those giants fall, it's going to inspire other people. It will have a ripple effect in this world. And you already know that that's true because you're inspired by people. So follow that example. Face those giants. Take them on. They are not bigger than you. At least they're not bigger than your faith. And so you, you cultivate that faith. Bring the belief and the giants will fall. Darren, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me. Face your giants, guys. If we can help, let us know. It's always a pleasure. You can contact Darren, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at creationtreecoaching.com. 
You can get me, Dr. Paul, at creationtreecoaching.com. Go out there and live on purpose, everybody. That's what we're here for. That's what we're all about. We want to wish you the best in there. We'll catch you next time.